All right, Sam, we have quite a story to tell you from our house last night. And, okay. and Murph, you Do know, I need we, to make popcorn for this? No, no. Uh, okay. no but you know, Jody's mom's staying with us, so we've already got, I got the whole you know family dynamic Circus. thing and, and, yeah. and going on. The five dogs, the two cats, the kids, and Jody's mom. And one of our funniest dogs, Piggy Gaga. She's yeah. a very fat pug, and she's very old, and she's hard of hearing, and she's even having vision problems lately. Um, she stays pretty close to home, pretty close to the pack, yeah. mostly sleeps and eats and howls. She was the fun one. When I time when I went and fed the dogs, yes. yeah. it was like everybody was attentive and Piggy was in Piggy land. Yeah, because yeah. she can't, well, she can't hear. Right. But, you know, happy to, to be a part of things and then she'll howl on occasion yeah. and life's great. But, you know, we've been more focused on our oldest boxer, Chevy, because right. he's in his final days and kind of oh, missed yeah. something. I was hand feeding him last night, Chevy, some sweet, soft food and he was loving me. He gave me one of those hugs and I'm like, oh, oh. His and final hug. It's time. I'm I'm doing the you know the things that moms and dads do at night. You walk around the house. You make sure this is done, that's done. I'm like, where's Piggy? Oh, I haven't seen Piggy tonight. I saw her earlier in the day. I haven't seen her in a while. Search every nook and cranny, starting with her crate and the areas she likes to you know chill out and yeah. chillax in. Yeah. If this were an episode of SpongeBob, you would have seen the 15 minutes later. <laughs> and then, 15 minutes later, where's Piggy? Where's Piggy? Still can't find Piggy. So we're all wondering where Piggy is, and I'm thinking <gasps> when she goes out to do her biz in the yard, she goes way out. Bless yeah. her. God bless her for that. Before we rule her as missing, let's check one more place. Right. So we go outside, and there she is, and I'm like, yes. There she is. And Phoebe comes with me. Oh, gosh. Thank gosh. You know, I was like, I didn't want Phoebe with me in case. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Anyway, I get her. I'm like, hey, Piggy. And I reach down to grab her collar to gently help her because she is, she can't get back in the right. house she's easily. Lost. And she's not an easy one to pick up. Like, you're talking about almost 30 pounds of jelly. Yeah. Okay. I reach down to grab her and pull her to me. And I look at her and her it's hard for me to even say. Can you help me? Yeah, her left eye was bulged out. <laughs> and apparently Way this happens with pugs, but it's like, uh-oh, this can't stay like this tonight. Yeah. So, you know, it's 9.15 at night, and this becomes an emergency room visit. Uh-huh. This Pugs-ti- wasn't something where you just push it back in. Nah! Huh? No. But what happened, <laughs> what happened and what the vet told us is really what, A, made me think of Sam right off the bat, <laughs> sadly enough. <laughs> And B, led to what we actually wound up having to do with her. That's coming up next. And I suppose we should explain that this is not graphic, by the way. We We're not going to be graphic. Our, our pug, Piggy, who got you know lost, we couldn't find her for about 20 minutes last night. She was in the backyard wandering because her vision's failing her, and right. she injured herself. And so with pugs, sometimes the eye can bulge beyond what's normal. Not just pugs, but any smush face breed with those big eyes. Yeah. They have no protection. You're, you're, you're fostering a Boston Terrier right now. Yeah. Same, possi- same possibility. You don't want him to bump into something or have trauma accidentally because it can go boop. Well, I want to pick him up. Right. I don't squeeze him too hard just in case. Stop. You know, so, you know, you know I'm eye weird anyway. Yeah. So I mean, I'm having trouble. We get there and we explain, yes, we've got a little bulging eye problem here. She looks at it and she goes, <laughs> oh, wow. You're the second one. There's another one in here with that right now, too. <laughs> like, and it's worse. They seriously? said it's worse. They the piggies worse. wasn't like, so bad. Okay, great. So we get in. Um, we go sit down. And the first question the doctor asks is, did she sneeze? <laughs> No, but on the other end. Right. <laughs> so I knew that that was going to be, you know, I immediately thought of Sam was like, so you can, cartoon. the dog can sneeze and blow out an eyeball? Um, if it's, I, if those, some of those breeds it can if it's extreme, but it usually it's, it's trauma related. You know? uh-huh. And so. I think she already has, you know, she already has eye problems for sure. Yeah. Optic nerve problems because she was losing her vision. 
So anyway. But I asked the vet that. The, she said that the first thing is usually trauma. They bump into something. It can happen. Yeah. The second thing is they get too excited. <laughs> like, like I've seen her wag her tail and get excited, but this hasn't happened before. And so like, I'm like, please just make sure she's comfortable because I'm thinking that's got to be painful. Yeah. I mean, it it's is. painful for me so to they, even think about. Well, they gave her pain medication. Um, we let her, you know, she's in surgery actually this morning. So everything's going to be fine. She's going to be great. Um, yeah. I don't know that they're going to be able to salvage things, but no. she's going to be fine and healthy and, and, and not in pain anymore. But we had to leave her at the vet overnight. I wanted to bring her home and save a little bit of money and just tend to her. <laughs> I was going to take her this morning. But How much? But She's we, coming with me. Oh, we were there for but ten minutes, and when, it was like, "What?" When we told, when Jody was told she would yeah. have to put ointment on the eye every three hours, <laughs> yeah, Jody can't touch her own eye, <laughs> and it's just so. red and out uh, there. So, so and I wanted, I knew she'd be more comfortable there. They and they did, and they kept her comfortable overnight. Yeah. And because it's been, I guess, out for, um, you know, they said if it's longer than an hour, they can't do the surgery, put it back in. Oh, she's so going to lose, lose that eye. eye. But we'll see. But she's healthy, and this is why, again, she's Piggy the Wonder Dog. She survives everything. Now she's going to be Piggy the One-Eyed Pug. <laughs> the One-Eyed Wonder Dog. Okay, how to live with, deal with, work with a grump, a grumpy person. Uh, there's some things to know. I mean, sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. But when that's the case, you have to learn not to let it get into you and affect you. Yeah, but I don't know too many people who are like grumpy full-time. What? Sam wow. is not grumpy full time no, anymore. Sam is not, he used not. to be maybe a little more. I, I never, you know, no, I never. I thought Sam was kind of always tough to start in the morning. Yeah, but I never saw you as grumpy throughout the day. Do no, you he ever gets think better. you're grumpy, Sam? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, I guess I do get better. You do throughout the day once you warm up, and that's one of the tricks. There's so much I want to tell you. I've been reading about it. Uh, number one, find the reason. I guess if you're in a personal, really close relationship, you do need to know the reason. What makes your person grumpy? I know for Murphy, when his blood sugar is high, it doesn't matter if the sun is shining and love is flowing, he's going to feel agitated and grumpy. You know what's I've had diabetes now. I've been a type one juvenile diabetic, whatever you want to call it, for 18 years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 18 years. And it's still just, it won't occur to me at that moment where I'm feeling really upset or frustrated that if I would just check my sugar, I would see, uh oh, I'm 280. Uh oh. And that's a trick bag for me because when you get frustrated about something, I don't want to go, is your sugar high? Because that's not fair (laughs) for that to be the crutch reason. You know what I mean? It's just not right, so I don't. But I'm thinking to myself. It may not be a bad idea. (laughs) The other thing, the big, big, big few I want to tell you, don't take it personally. I want to say that years ago, I wondered what I had done to upset Sam when I first worked with him. I'm thinking, does he just can't stand me? I didn't understand your grumpiness. And then I realized, yeah. oh, that's just you, how you feel yeah. about the morning. Yeah, it's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no. So don't take it personally. It's normally not about you. Well, hey, there are a lot of people that aren't morning people. It just yeah. happens. Yeah. Know that one size does not fit all when it comes to grumpiness, meaning some people need to be left alone to come out of, the, of, of it themselves. Some people need interaction. And I would say that Sam and you, Murphy, when you guys are grumpy, that's what you need. Yeah, it pulls me out of my own hole, focused on myself. Actually, interaction with each other normally works. You guys yes. start oh. laughing, watching your videos, and it's, all that. It's like a fraternity every single day. <laughs> watching our videos, huh? Yeah, the funny videos that you guys like oh, yeah. to share with well, each other. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, you can go online to find out more do's and don'ts of dealing with a grumpy person. I say mainly, don't take it on yourself. It's yeah. not you.
But you can go check that that information out if you really want to. Yeah. I don't of think it'll you work. <laughs> Get the link now at murphysamandjody.com. We all know that sitting is the new... Smoking. Yes. Oh, wow, Sam. Very good. You've been paying attention. We've talked about this a lot. And I believe it. Sitting all day, not good for you. Well, it's not natural, right? I mean, back in the day, it's not like you sat all day long. Right? Let me tell you, the best I ever felt in my life. Of course, this is probably... I don't know which day. It's <laughs> not back in the day. You didn't sit that long. The best I ever felt in my life. And I'm about to say this and make a fool of myself because I was probably 19, 20 years old. So I was probably would have been feeling good anyway. But I worked at a health club for a short time, remember? And I was so busy there and up on my feet almost all the time and greeting people and teaching them how to use the equipment and then cleaning. Is this the one you were fired because you didn't fit in? No. That was the salon. Oh, the salon. I'm sorry. I couldn't remember. I didn't fit in. They wanted to promote me at the health club. Okay, I was good. rocking that place okay, and I loved good. it. Yeah. I was sorry that I left there, actually. I left for the stupid reasons. But anyway. Um, Boyfriend moved to another city. It was a love reason. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, no, I was fired from the salon because I didn't. I was too country. You know. Oh, really? Right. I didn't wow. fit in with all the upscale, posh salon girls. Guess you should have read the job description better, right? <laughs> yeah, and anyway, worn shoes. I always when I when I, <laughs> <laughs> I wore beautiful shoes. Don't. Anyway, when I hear about sitting being the new smoking, it makes me think of that time, and it makes me realize that you really are meant to move. We really are meant to move as much as yeah. possible, and here we sit. You know, so oh, they yeah. say We're right now. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to stand up. They say, and I believe it. If you if you have a job where you do have to sit all day, um, you can do something to sort of reverse the effects of sitting so much, and that is get exercise every day as much as you can, forty five minutes if you can. Yeah. And that means whatever. Walk as much as you can. You know, Take the stairs when you can. If you got up and probably walked around every five minutes, once an hour. I would love that. I mean, that would be through the course of the day, 35 minutes. That's better than just staying put. Ooh, I should do that here. We should start doing that. Yeah. Just leave the room. Boom, 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 boom. I think it probably gets even worse if you're focused just on a computer screen. Because mm-hmm. not only are you sitting, but then you're focused and you're tensing your body up. You're also with leaning no movement, forward right? so you're not sitting up straight. It impairs circulation. So one hour a day. Not like back in the day. Right. Where <laughs> circulation was not One hour a day, moderate exercise can reduce your risk and and reverse the effects of too much sitting. Good news. Jody's good thing. Yeah, Sam's really doing the good thing. Yeah, Sam wants to hijack the good thing, so try it again and be ready, Sam. Good news. Sam's good thing. Perfect. Perfection. I could hardly hear the edit. I know. (laughs) Uh, Pope Francis is doing something pretty awesome. It's the Pope and also the Vatican, uh, his his staff, the the papal staff. And it's so always The Pope and all of his papal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. They are... um, treating some of the homeless in the vatican and then and they're doing this every week to uh the beach and pizza parties some of his staff go oh, out really? and then they find some of the folks on the street that are homeless and what they do is they uh, take them in take them out to the beach uh get them bathing suits towels and everything like that and then they come back and they have a big pizza party at this yeah. supposedly awesome pizzeria uh in the vatican city and you know it's like okay a pizza and a beach it's kind There's of, always kind of, a critic right yeah. well one of the pope's people one of the pope's papal excuse me screwed that one up papes uh, he says you know we're not saving the world we're not solving the problems of the homeless in rome but we're restoring a little dignity to these people a little bit at a time True. that's good like, i mean you something know, normal right one good thing at a time I and mean, just because you're solving a problem doesn't mean 
mean, you have to solve all the problems, right? Right. No, you're just right. making their life Give better. them a little yeah. joy. You're right. giving them a little joy. I just think I love that. It. I just thought that was really cool. It's like everything the Pope touches or everything he... <laughs> This is not a religious statement. I understand. <laughs> Times I to go. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's amazing the the strides this man has made since he rose to the papacy. He just feels different. Like he's more in it. In he's with more the in it. He's more con- a lot more contemporary. I think that's than, what it is. It's more it, it, not that any other pope wasn't approachable, but he it, it, there's there's a real human quality that jumps out of him. Right. You know. Yeah. What I mean, well, I mean he, when he goes around on St. Peter's Square, he takes selfies with kids and people. I know. It's like, right. Man, that's like look, I got a selfie with the Pope. How many people can say that? Yeah, not many. I can't. Not you uh, you haven't done the Pope in this little Sam's story. That's well, not how the Pope talks. Yeah, because I know the, but I, it's that's my that's favorite thing. My does. Pope is usually my Pope is usually Italian. I know, I know. but he's not Italian, <laughs> he's so not. that's wrong. That's right, Sam. Jody's good thing. Or actually, Sam's I guess good thing. Yeah. You know, we have a good friend from down under who listens on the Murphy, Sam, and Jody app. Mm -hmm. John. Hello, John. Hello. How's my favorite girl over in the state? (laughs) (laughs) I'm great. How are you? I'm really good, actually. While we're visiting with you, what we really... (laughs) We're hoping to find out about is how are you doing with your lady? Because <laughs> we love you, so we wanted to make sure that you're doing well with the lady. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I uh, told her that I loved her. And uh, like a typical woman, she took charge. And I mentioned you. <laughs> what do you mean? She? You're saying she knew? Yeah, yeah she knew. Yeah. We were out looking for a bike because, as you know, I ride a bike. And mm-hmm. Karen also rides, but she sold a bike. So we were out looking at what type of bike she wants. And mm-hmm. we were down at a place called Size Harley Davidson. Mm. And we were looking at, at some custom 1200 Sportsters and all the rest because I'm into Harleys and I have been since I was very young. We were in there and we were having a look and... She was pressing up against me, and <laughs> and um, I could sort of sense that she didn't sort of because I know everyone in the shop and yeah. and all the rest. I've been going there for quite some years, so we decided that we'd go outside in the sun and and walk around. And as we got out of the front, and I said to her, "Look, I gotta I gotta tell you something." And she just looked at me, and she went, "You don't have to tell me." I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like. But I went, she goes, tell me in a couple of months. She said a couple yeah. of months? Oh. Yeah, she said, tell me this in a couple of months. Why? And she goes, look, in a couple of months, I'll tell you things that I don't want to tell you at the moment, but I'm not prepared to use hmm. the L word myself. Yeah. But I know, I, I know how you feel, and I know that you, that you do. And then as we're walking, because she sort of turned around and started, uh-huh. she goes, Geez, you really do know how to turn an ordinary place into something special. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I think it's kind of cool that she knows you so well, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, coming up, John, I want you to tell us about how you've learned how to communicate with a woman, which you've mastered, apparently. I think Sam might need to hear it. Yeah, I might learn something here. What's next? John, who listens in Australia, down under, 15,000 miles away, listens on the Murphy, Sam & Jody app. We're really excited that he met a girl, or I guess I should say a woman. (laughs) A lady, and finally told her how he feels, 
and they were shopping for Harleys at the time. Anyway, he wants to teach us a lesson about communicating with a woman, Sam. Okay. Yeah, listen up, Sam. Well, I'm going to thank the first woman I ever, ever loved in my entire life. She taught me how to communicate with a woman and how to talk to her. And, you know, it's all about being intellectually, emotionally available and yes. being able to talk one-on-one. Like you guys, I remember you saying you couldn't say you loved each other in front of people, so you used to do the peace sign. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's what Jody and I do. You're right. And we still use that so, <coughs> today. Yeah. And now your kids are using it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's true. It's all about being emotionally and intellectually available no matter what and finding a way to communicate all the time that is that's really solid advice john i think you lost sam at communicate (laughs) hey hey my deal is i want to know if she got a harley (laughs) (laughs) see that never mattered to me i i have a whole heap of rules because I've been dating for such a long time, mm-hmm. I know what works for me and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And for the first time ever, when I met Karen, every rule that I ever said, she followed. Mm-hmm. Not to the letter, and I wouldn't dare, and I wouldn't say that you can't break those rules, but mm-hmm. I don't have to with her. Uh, you know, it's funny about that, John, is it, with Jody and I working together... I don't think there's such a thing as too much Jody, but Jody says there's definitely a such a thing as too much Murphy. <laughs> say that. I know, I know. <laughs> but um, yeah, but what's funny? We've talked about this because we work together for so long now that if the time yeah. ever comes that we're not working together, I think it'll it'll feel like an eternity if I don't see her or talk to her through the day. It's just kind of weird like that. You we know get what I mean? The question a lot: Do yeah. we have trouble working together? And I t- I honestly answer it lately that I feel like we'll have trouble not yeah. one day yeah. when that day comes. It'll be weird. Yeah. Maybe it's a recipe. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it is. I know. (laughs) Thank you, John. And his rules are solid. No kidding. You learned from that, Sam? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Make up some rules and I hope she follows it. Just be emotionally and intellectually available. Love you, John. Call anytime and you join us anytime as well. Uh, You can call or text 877-310-4MSJ. You know, I like to uh, watch space documentaries a lot. Um, well, Sam, you've always been like a fanatic. Secretly, didn't you want to be an astronaut, too? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't do anything about it, so here I am. <laughs> That's uh, good. Look, look, you know, own it. This is what you love, yeah. so what? And I, I was watching one the oh. other day on Netflix. I can't even remember what it was, but it was about Apollo 11, our first mission to the moon, where we landed on the moon. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Of course, that's Neil Armstrong. Yes. There's something wrong with him saying that. Like, he said something and we heard it differently. Uh, one small step for man, one giant leap a gi- giant leap for mankind. It was one small step for a man, is it what was, he says he, he, he says he said it or meant to say. A okay. man, not just a man. man. Got it. Um, but I also found out that um, before the mission took off, about a month before the mission, somebody at NASA got a hold of uh, President Nixon's speechwriter and said, look, mm-hmm. I want you to have a speech ready just in case it doesn't work. Oh, just in case there's really? a problem, and I didn't that know this. That makes sense, yeah. So Nixon's speechwriter actually wrote an entire speech. No, and he was, you know, if need be, we're going to go on TV and say, "Tough luck." Sorry, you know, this is. And here's what here's just. I don't a think little tough luck made okay, it in well, this speech. That's why I don't write speeches. Okay, uh, so they've released this now. Oh yeah, it's it's all over the internet. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's a fate has ordained the men who went to the moon to explore in peace will stay on the moon to rest in peace. Mm. 
These brave men, Neil Armstrong and Edwin Aldrin, know that there's no hope for their recovery, but they also know there is hope for mankind in their sacrifice. Mm -hmm. These two men are laying down their lives in mankind's most noble goal, the search for truth and understanding. Others will follow and surely find their way home. Man's search will not be denied, but these men were the first, and they will remain the foremost in our hearts. Not just wow. part of it. So if it had gone wrong, that's the speech that President Nick- Nixon would have gone on TV with. Yeah. And you know what? I'm sure they <laughs> they knew to hold on to it, obviously. I mean, well, it's really beautiful. I, I'd like to know if they knew, because somebody else from NASA asked them to write up the speech and be ready for it. I don't so they know. were fearing something was wrong? or You never know what's going to happen. We, they had all yeah, contingencies covered. Not with but that. I'm just wondering if Neil Armstrong and the crew and Buzz... You know, knew that there was a speech? Knew that there was a speech in case I hope they weren't. It. I hope not. I mean, I hope they don't even never concern themselves with that sort of thing. See, yeah. the, the fact that this has gone viral now and is being shared, you know, it, it, there's a problem that we've got at home right now with our oldest daughter, Taylor, with mm-hmm. the, the moon landing and the moonwalk and all that anyway. This is, this is not going to help it. It's what really? somebody put in her brain. Yeah, yeah. I oh, can, I it's like, fake. I can, yes. I can explain that to you mm-hmm. next. And Sam, being the space fanatic that he is, found this speech that it was an alternate speech that President Nixon would have gone to the public with in the event that the moon landing and moonwalk had been a failure, right? Yeah, and then there was some disaster or whatever, and the astronauts couldn't return. He had a speech already ready to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I'm obviously glad that he never had to use that thing. I would have never thought that that existed. A lot but of I, but pe- I, there are a lot of people who don't like that sort of idea of things because when you want... When you think of speech, when think of a speech being written like that, you want it to be written in the moment. Mm-hmm. Once something has or you know, right, has so happened, it's hard but yeah, I but know. you know, guess what? That's I guess that's their their business. Well, what I'm beginning to we'll wonder be now is if our oldest daughter Taylor, just so that you know, Sam, whenever we talk about that, she always punctuates it with "if it was real." And, and the like, first time she she did that, I think we spit our milk out. <laughs> <laughs> she like, wasn't f- kidding. I'd already no. I'd always heard about you know people really older than me talking about the conspiracy theories and the yeah. Hollywood hoaxes, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, she told I, us to look closely at the pictures in the shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, people do that all the time. I, I mean, but you know, it's like you know, Taylor. Of course, this was not fake. This was a. It was a. It was a like a the country was all about beating the Russians to the moon because the Russians beat us to space I guess at that time Mm -hmm. and you know even President Kennedy we choose to go to the moon so I mean I buy that you know Mm -hmm. and then and then of course you know the actual landing on the moon itself one small step for man one but she says that the quality of that also proves that you know it was not. <laughs> the qu- it's 1969. <laughs> She's looking for an MP3 from last week. <laughs> yes, probably. And I try to mesmerize her with all the other technology and the advancements, and talk about how you know a, a computer then that filled a whole building is basically what yeah. powers your smartphone today. And then she says, "Well, that's a, that's more proof." Right there. No, I mean honestly, when you do look at the technology back then, it is a miracle we did what we yes. did. Yes. But it happened. I mean, does she have said anything about watching Capricorn 1 yet? Well, no. no, she's not seen that movie. Okay. And the funny thing is, I can't tell whether she's joking or whether she's just kind of throwing I, it out there. As I the, don't think she's joking 100%. She's just saying that's some, to her, those points are also worth looking at. Yep. And and yeah. the deal is, though, I'm not one to ever, I don't believe in arguing with somebody about something they truly believe and I don't think she's 100% there, but I think she likes to bring that up. And she's a teenager. If you're going to let that make you stir crazy, you have at it. You can spit your milk all day. Yeah, but, Daddy, look, you can tell that the moon, the, the flag on the moon is fake, too. There's yeah, no wind up there. It doesn't blow. <laughs> yeah, I heard this. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Jody's Good Thing. We found some happy news. This is so cool, and I think it kind of highlights single parents. And I, you know, I can't even imagine. Sam, you're a single parent. You have those issues. Do you ever have those issues where you want to do something with the kids, but it's a mom, it's supposed to be a mom thing? No. No? I haven't had that yet. Okay. Because moms usually do their thing. Okay. Uh, I, okay. My my exes usually do their thing, yeah. So they do. They handle the mom stuff. I handle the dad stuff. Or as Sam usually says, all of the mamas. It's only three moms. <laughs> okay. Let's keep going with this. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. And the first. Sure is. Your first ex, those children are grown now. So yeah. So you probably do less and less mm-hmm. co-parenting like that, right? So then I'm down to two moms. Anyway. Yes. Okay. Let's, I want to highlight this lady from. Fort- and an ex who wasn't a mom. Yes. No, to she's my a kids. mom. No, she's a mom to those kids. She what? You weren't married to her. No, I was married to her, but I didn't have kids to her. Now, this is so confusing. Yeah. Please tell me you don't describe Last this wife. on first dates. Try to explain. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You yeah. didn't have kids with her. So what is the good thing today? So- <laughs> <laughs> is it Sam has three moms? I'm, I'm so sorry. Okay. Now, I just want to highlight this single mom in Fort Worth. Her name is Yvette. She showed up to school one morning, uh, dropped her kid off, and she was leaving and noticed that there were all kinds of dads there. With the boys, hanging out with the kids, and doing donuts with dad. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. We used to do muffins with mom, donuts with dad. She was like, her, she knew that her son was going to feel left out because the dad's not in the picture. And she feels like she's mom and dad. And guess what? If that's the case, she is mom and dad. She went home, um, put on like a plaid shirt, a baseball hat, a fake mustache, and showed up at school. Thank mm. goodness the kid had a sense of humor about it. Yeah. She was a hit. That's great. That Her is name cool. Is that. How that. cool is that single mom? A little good news. Yep. Jody's good thing. Um, we all just uh, recently went to a funeral of a colleague of ours that we yes. lost. I had my usual funeral anxiety going in there. I know, Sam. And I'm sat, worried about you. Sat down and though, and it, you know, after the fact, I got to say it was the. <laughs> if this is appropriate, it's the best funeral I've ever been to. You, I mean, it was the funniest funeral. It was the best stories. It was the uh, the instructions ahead of time were to wear a Hawaiian shirt if you had one. Be comfortable. And be comfortable. And yeah. There was no forced anything. There was no music, which I like music at a service, yeah. but there was none. It was just... The people who were set to speak, five or six of them, just started and yeah. came up and just spoke. It was like you were just in a room visiting. And they all had the stories that were just, it was like well, dying there laughing. <laughs> Pardon dying the pun. Laughing. Yeah. laughing. Did you put a, did you fill out a card at the back though I when did. you came in? Because there was a card, the thing that said, write down a favorite memory. Right. And filled it out and threw that one in there. I did that on my way out. Yeah. Uh, but the thing that struck me most is at the end when when this colleague of ours, his son, spoke and the great things he had to say about his dad, and it was like, wow, man, it's like that's what I want my kids to say about me, you know? They will. Right. Well, no, you know, it's funny. Know you, you I, know, know, I do know about that. I felt like my mother's funeral service was that way. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the way my brother, and my sister, and I wanted it to it was. You know, to be. And you were at that service too, yeah. so I hope that it seemed like it was light like that because that's yeah. the kind of tribute that she would have wanted. It was not, you know, it it had its poignant moments. But it was fun, it was light, and it was a right. celebration and of life. funny about that one, too, is your brother was, I think, the most nervous, and I think he did the best he job. He did. He was he did. awesome. Once he was on, and I will say this, you know, I grew up going to the funerals that I would go to growing up. There was a set standard way that it was done, oh, and yeah. I thought that's how yeah, it has to be done. And that's not true. You can do the, a service 
any way you want. And Sam, even your dad's funeral seven years ago, which you helped orchestrate, yeah. I thought was like that too. You know, you yeah. Kept well, it my mom had the little box of his ashes with all his favorite cookbooks in front of right, it. Right, exactly. <laughs> which was funny, but this this was great. You know, I was, I was taking notes at this funeral. Oh, nice. I want my kids to do this, and I got. I'm going to put this down. To, don't forget to do this. And make Good. sure Make sure nobody dresses up for this funeral. And Good. Let's have some fun. All right. Seven seven three one zero four MSJ. We love hearing from you. You can text, you can call, you can reach out at murphysamandjody.com. Mel knows that we are dog people, yeah. big time. And every once in a while, we've loved sharing stories about therapy dogs. So you have one, Mel? I do. I actually have a psychiatric service dog that I trained myself. And so I've, I've got some experienced training dogs. Wait, a psychiatric service dog? Do tell everything. Okay, um, I have really bad anxiety and depression, and oh. basically, in order to keep me out of the hospital and get me going to class and everything, mm-hmm. I have a service dog that does deep pressure therapy, yes. which is, they lay on top of you, and through biofeedback, um, your heart rate starts to match theirs, mm-hmm. so if I'm having a panic attack, oh my gosh. it helps calm me down. Oh my gosh. Wow. What, what is your dog's um, name? Also, Mr. Wallace. Mr. Wallace. What kind? What kind is he? He's a pit. <gasps> Oh, you're speaking my language. My heart's beating fast now. <laughs> Those are great dogs. So is he just your best friend in the world? Oh, he is. How did you come to this being the solution to help you get through? Honestly, I was looking for anything, and I went. I looked to adopt the dog so that I could train him. Oh. Um, originally for an emotional support animal without training, yeah. and then decided to take it further. And they pointed me in the direction of this really great dog, and it yeah. just all fell into place. I'm not so naive as to think that you don't have any anxiety just because he's there. What does he sense your anxiety when it comes on? Yes. Um, he does this thing where he puts his paws on both of my shoulders and he'll look at me funny. <laughs> and like, I'll be like, okay. And he knows he's supposed to lay across my lap or across my abdomen. Yeah. And I mean, he can tell and it's crazy. <laughs> That's unbelievable. So do you get to take him with you or does he have to stay at home when you go to school? I usually take him with me right now. I'm commuting though, but he's not going with me yet, but he will be. Well, since you're commuting, maybe you can teach him how to drive. Uh (laughs) Knock out two birds with one stone there. That would be great. (laughs) How old are you? Oh, I'm 19. Oh, just kidding. I just turned 20. I'm 20. Okay. (laughs) All right. I am amazed. I've never known anyone who has a service dog for anxiety. Yeah. But I believe that anxiety can be crippling. So I'm so glad you have him. Thank you. I'm, I mean it. And stay in touch with us. And, and send us a picture of Mr. Wallace and you. I want to see. Okay. Thank you for calling. Call us anytime, okay? All right. Bye. Thanks, Mel. Wow. I love learning something new like that. Mm-hmm. And you can reach us anytime, even if you need to leave a message. We've got a 24-hour voicemail there at 877-310-4MSJ. Sam, you know my papa. He um he also flooded mm-hmm. about six feet of water in his house. He is handling it really well. You know he's lost a lot, but he's but, handling it really well. You know, of all the people, I think that would handle it well would be him, just because of his faith. He's having trouble, but he um, is handling well, it Does as, that a, make as sense? a former preacher. Yes, but he's also, I think, almost eighty-seven, and so life experience is kind of what's helping there. Also, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying by the, by the time you reach eighty-seven, you've seen so many things in your life. Yeah. You've got perspective. He's at a place where he's wanting to keep as much as possible. And with six feet of water, there's not much that can be salvaged. But I will tell you this amazing story. Whenever they had to leave 
um, he, he has been working on his life story, writing his life story oh, yeah. in the last seven or eight years. And it's wonderful to read. I told but you. You said he, haven't, he hasn't gotten to the part where you join this, the family. Well, no, right? he, I think he's written that part. I haven't oh. read that part. Oh. I, when I go visit with him, I read a, a little bit here and there. I think I'm up to the 1960s. But anyway... So, no, I'm not there yet, but I will be. And so he's been writing it for years, and it's so rich. You know, It's almost like he, his memory is better from childhood than it is as he got later on in life, which I guess is true for all of us. Yeah. Like, so I, when, when it was still happening, where, where, where did you put your life story? They, they put it on top of the refrigerator being a high point in the house and mm. left. Well, the refrigerator is all tumped. Yeah. And it was like, okay, we just assumed that he'd lost that. He did lose that, the leather-bound thing that he was writing, like actually writing with a pen in. Right. However, he told us this the other night, and this is the, I mean, I think I squealed and screamed when he said it. Yeah, he brought it. To, he brought the story to his sister who's in, in an assisted living center, and she read. was reading it, and she loved it, and she read it, and so when he went back to get it from her, he brought it back home and found out actually that she had made a copy of all 170 pages. Oh wow! To keep for herself. So Man. there is a copy, and he, that so he, is so he's cool. He's not lost any of it, and, and this was only a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. So it's it, it's the most recent edition. Yeah, of isn't his that book. crazy? It's the most recent backup. Yeah, yeah. He also <laughs> said he saved one. He, he was able to save one of his Bibles, which was on top yeah. of a big stack that didn't get touched. But when Jody and I realized that once we realized he was saved, the first thing that popped into my mind, Where's I said, Jody, you gotta, well, I hope his autobiography wasn't lost because I know how important that was. Mm-hmm. So and for that to be us. saved, I know because of you know chance and his sister's interest in making a copy. Yeah. Wow! Now he felt good to, for him. I think he needs that. to fast forward and jump a few to write about this while he's experiencing yeah, it. You're right. I hope he will. That would be good for him too. Jody's Hollywood Outsider. It has been officially announced from People Magazine. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is their new sexiest man alive. A team of highly coordinated drivers took down a military convoy. This most recent job graduated. Do you know what makes him the sexiest man alive? The Fast and the Furious? No, no, no. He's well-rounded. I'm not talking about his shape. I'm talking about he can do it all. He's great with the kids. The adults love him. He can sing. He can act. He, he can takes wrestle. care of himself. Isn't he He's officially healthy. the uh, highest-paid actor right now? Right. He can. Yes. He he gets the dollars for a motion picture. It doesn't matter what it is. He's got a Disney movie and an animated Moana. Is it Moana? Moana. Yeah. Moana. Um. So look for that. He and uh, I'm sorry, ladies, but look for it on shelves today on newsstands and online. Dwayne the Rock Johnson is the sexiest man alive. He got the news this morning and he said, "This is awesome. I pretty much reached the pinnacle." Murphy, Sam, and Jody, your Hollywood Outsider. We love hearing from you. Be a part of the show anytime. If you want to get in on the conversation, it's 877-310-4MSJ. And apparently Sam, somebody, well, Colleen, is a little freaked out by you, Mm. especially your evil laugh. Murphy, Sam, and Jody, the producer's mailbag. Emily, what's in your bag? Colleen says, I know this may not have been what you were going for, yeah. but after the segment where Sam shared his evil laugh 
We turned off our radio. Oh. What happened? And the kids and I practiced our evil laughs oh. all the way to uh. VBS. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, poor I was BBS. wondering if I was scaring kids there for a That's second. What I thought, too, you know, between uh. the organ and the thunder. Every time Sam does his evil laugh, you hear an organ and thunder. You we know? all did an evil laugh because our Taylor, our oldest daughter, is um, she's playing Cruella DeVille this week in a play. And so she's been working on hers. And I was realizing, man, who has the best evil laugh that I know? Mr. Sam. Mr. Sam, would you like to get give it to us again here, Sam? Warm up. <clears throat> me, 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 me. <laughs> Colleen, don't turn off the radio. Yeah, here we go. Cue the thunder. <laughs> okay, there's Santa. Murphy yeah. always chimes in as Santa. Yeah. He sounds exactly like Santa. I know he does. Well, you know, a lot of jolly over there. I'm just glad, Colleen, that we didn't like scare the kids. I'm right. glad that you had your own fun based on what Mr. Sam over here was That's doing. That's a fun yeah. car game. Uh, reach out to us anytime. We love hearing from you. Thanks again, Colleen. MurphySamAndJody.com I don't know why cats are so funny, but they are. And then when cats hit the internet, it's oh, the funniest thing. My favorite cat video is Hey Cat. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hey! And if you've, if hey, you've never seen Hey Cat, hey. we we have a link for you at murphysamandjody.com, but it's this cat, he is. and he's meowing, but they are they just inserted their voice to say hey. And it's hey. perfect. Cats are hysterical. They're mysterious creatures, and you may think they don't like humans, but they're, they're it's hysterical. Um, if you watch cat videos at work, apparently you're better you're better employee. You're more productive, and you're happier at work. You know why, I bet? There's a study. They actually did a study. It, probably because it makes you feel good. Watching yeah. cat videos, you just laugh a little, and it's like, okay, I'm great. People who watch cat videos at work are more productive. They can work longer hours. Um, they, If you interject that humor into your day, you're, it's easier for you to re- hit that reset button and mm-hmm. get more done. Cat videos, take a break for them. Meow. And check out, what is it? Hey, cat. Hey, it's hey, cat. Hey. 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 Let's link it on our hey. Facebook page and website hey. today. MurphySamAndJody.com.